Enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. Angela Duckworth. On today's episode number 286, we'll cover a review of episode number 126 on building resilience, what we covered way back in April of 2021. We'll take a deeper look at what resilience is with an evidence-based strategy we can all use today if we're ready to build up our own reservoirs of resiliency to better handle our life and work stressors. We'll look at tools for measuring resiliency. We'll look at checks for resiliency. And then a resiliency challenge at the end to see if we can all push ourselves to try something new to build our resilience, our grit, our mental toughness, and our ability to use our head when we need it the most. I needed to write this episode this week because it was just in time for me to try something new to build up my own levels of resiliency. I hope you enjoy these ideas. And with that introduction, I want to welcome you back to Season 9 of the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, where we cover the science-based evidence behind social and emotional learning for schools and emotional intelligence training in the workplace with tools, ideas, and strategies we can all use for immediate results with our brain and mind. I'm Andrea Samadhi, an author and an educator with a passion for learning, and launched this podcast to share how the understanding of our complex brain transfers into our everyday life and results. Each concept we cover here, I'm hoping will help you wherever you might be listening to this podcast in the world, just as much as these ideas are helping me personally and professionally. For today's episode number 286, we're staying in line with our season theme of going back to the basics to build a stronger, more resilient 2.0 version of ourselves which was an intention I set at the very start of this year on episode 268, where we talked about prioritizing mental health in 2023 with a focus on self-awareness and resiliency. This topic goes back with our interview with Horacio Sanchez, who I was just speaking about this week because he was presenting at a Science of Reading event, and many of us were talking about where our understanding of the brain and learning first began, with Horatio's work at the center. He was introduced to me in our very first interview, episode three, with Ron Hall from Valley Day School, who shared that his connection of the brain and learning first began with Horatio years ago while attending a conference where he was conducting a training session. When we spoke with Horatio on episode 74, he explained resiliency as a collection of protective risk factors that you have in your life and that there are some factors you're born with, and others come in through childhood, through family, school, life events, and social experiences. Horatio reminds us that if you have little risk, it takes less to be resilient. But if you have a lot of risk, it takes a lot more protective factors to offset the scale. And this is why two people can possibly respond in two completely different ways after a traumatic experience. One person walks away, dusts themselves off, and recovers quickly. They had more reservoirs of resilience to tap into, 
while the other has a completely different outcome and needs more assistance to get back on track. With resiliency, you can overcome adversity or difficulty and have good outcomes in our life, but you can see why not everyone is born with exactly the same protective factors needed, so we don't all have the same levels of resiliency. Horatio mentions that 25% of the population are naturally resilient, and his work focuses on instilling this trait in those who are not naturally resilient due to the number of risk factors associated to them. To this day, he continues with his work, flying around the country, helping our next generation of students to become more resilient. Now, while researching for this episode, I wondered what I could add to help us to all become more resilient in addition to Horatio's work. I looked at what Dr. Andrew Huberman had to say about resiliency with his most recent episode with a retired Navy SEALs officer and author of multiple books on effective leadership, teamwork, self-discipline, and mindset, Jocko Willink. I listened to this episode that covered a wide variety of topics, and they got into a discussion of building resilience by doing something that makes them uncomfortable every week, something like a cold water plunge where you'd rather be sleeping in your warm bed than doing something that Dr. Huberman would say was uncomfortable or like a splinter. Retired Navy SEALs officer Jocko Willink said, you develop your legs by doing squats and you develop resiliency by doing things that make you tougher. But on today's episode, I want us to think deeply about this because there's more to building resiliency than just doing things that make us stronger and tougher. What makes you tougher might not make me tougher if we think about Horatio's work on resiliency and how we're all different with these risk factors. If we're truly going to build resilience, we have to be prepared to try new things that push us past where we've been before, and each person will have different thresholds and experiences. And here's my medical disclaimer. Remember, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a former teacher. And if you're going to try anything new, to always consult a medical doctor first. Today, I'll share ideas and strategies that I've used myself while looking at what the most current research says, but I'll always remind listeners to never try anything new without first contacting your own doctor. And this leads me to take a closer look at cold immersion, an evidence-based strategy that's been shown to build resilience to stress, reduce pain in the body, improve circulation, stimulate weight loss, and decrease fatigue. But over time, the research shows that your body becomes habituated to this practice. And as for the proper dosing for this strategy, I know that Dr. Andrew Huberman suggests progressing gradually, while Dr. Mike Tipton, a professor of human and applied physiology at the University of Portsmouth in the UK, who studies the body's reaction to extreme environments, adds that researchers still don't know the best way to reap the mental health benefits of cold water or the minimum dose required. And he says a little bit is good for you, but too much is not. So while writing this episode, I had to think about what I do to build resilience. I always thought that exercise was my solution to every problem. But if I think about it, 
These runs through the beautiful mountaintops in Arizona are not like a splinter for me, like Dr. Huberman mentioned. I know exercise is making me physically stronger, improving my mental health, and solving all other problems we know that exercise solves. But now I wonder, am I doing anything on a weekly basis that makes me mentally tougher, challenging my mind to overcome daily stress? Not according to Dr. Huberman's definition. What is like a splinter for me to do? Am I really doing something I'd rather not be doing every week? There might have been some time when waking up early to exercise was a splinter, or maybe in those winter days when it's not so easy to leave your warm bed when it's like 40 or 50 degrees outside, so I can see where exercise could possibly help to build a stronger, more resilient version of myself. But what about you? Are you building your resiliency muscles? What is your splinter that builds your capacity mentally and physically? If we don't think about this one, we could fall into the trap of thinking we're building resilience when we really aren't, or getting comfortable with what might have worked in the past and not trying anything new. This made me think back to when I had my brain scanned at Dr. Amon's clinics and I had my review of the scan with Dr. Shane Creato on episode 84. I remember that while he mentioned some areas of improvement, he did notice that my resilience levels were higher than many of the elite athletes that he's tested, and I wondered where this came from. The only thing I've done consistently over the years that at times has felt challenging is with health, exercise, and nutrition. It was evident with my brain scan that my sleep has been a weak link, but by doing certain things the right way, it's got me this far. Now I wonder what else I could do to build a stronger, more resilient version of myself. And then I thought back to when Dr. Huberman suggested deliberate cold exposure as a protocol to build mental and physical resilience, and I wondered why I hadn't tried it yet. Cold exposure isn't something I'm excited about. Living in Arizona, my friends from snowy climates joke with me when I tell them that it's freezing here in the winter in the desert, and I get this skeptical look from them that it can't be as cold as where they are. What caught my attention on Dr. Huberman's using deliberate cold exposure for health and performance episode was that he said this practice systematically builds up resilience. He went on to say that it's an opportunity to deliberately stress our body. And because it's deliberate, we can learn to maintain mental clarity. We can learn to maintain mental calm while our body is in a state of stress. And this is exactly what I was looking for. But of course, I listened to this episode when it first came out over a year ago. And I thought there's no way I'm ever doing that until today when I started day one of deliberate cold exposure to see if I would notice a difference with my ability to better handle a day of stress. Dr. Huberman explains the science behind this example extremely well, saying that when we feel stressed in life, with our work, our relationships, or anything else that comes across our phone that takes us away and makes us want to react in a way that we know we shouldn't, that norepinephrine and epinephrine build up in our body. 
And this is similar to what happens in our body when we deliberately expose it to cold, whether through a cold shower, through immersion, or from going outside into the cold. He says this systematically builds up our resilience. So of course I'm taking notes about how to implement this, and this morning I had my very first cold shower using Dr. Huberman's protocol. Have you ever tried deliberate cold exposure? Did you notice any benefits? I followed these three simple steps that he suggests for a shower. Step one, he says pick a temperature that's uncomfortable. Step two, get in for a certain duration of time. And he says start with one minute and work your way up to three minutes. And then step three, get out. And how does this build resiliency? Remember, this experience has got to be like a splinter to build resiliency, and you'll release those two chemicals, epinephrine and norepinephrine, that are the same chemicals that flood your brain and body during stress. The longer you can function with a clear mind with these chemicals flooding your brain, the more resilient you'll become to stress. And this is how resilience is built. I thought this example was brilliant, and it got even better when he went on to explain how he pushes himself to stay in the cold longer, building up more resilience. He said that he visualizes walls. So just getting into the shower is wall one. Imagine this big wall. Then he says he feels okay, and he thinks, okay, it's time to get out now. And if he can stay in, let's say if he can go past minute one to minute two, He's got over wall two. Then he visualizes wall three off in the distance. When he arrives at that wall, he begins to use his interoceptive awareness and think about how he's really feeling. Can he stay in longer? Can he think clearly? Can he stay in just 10 more seconds? If he can, he's jumped over that wall and he's standing at wall number four. At this point, when he's numb and can do nothing else, he gets out and he knows he pushed it hard with this exercise. I thought it was such a great example that I tried it myself and was able to get past wall one, getting into the cold shower. Then wall two was pushing myself past when I saw the timer go to a minute and 30 seconds, and I got to three minutes. And then wall three, when I thought about how I felt and how clearly I could think, pushing it just a little bit past three minutes, And this was enough for day one, but it's going to be something that I'll do at least three times a week moving forward. And he suggests try to get 11 minutes of cold exposure a week. What about some other ways to build resiliency? Another example I could think of would be strength training and particularly pushing past 20 reps to 25. My trainer used to always tell me to cheat when I'm working out on my own. He'd never let me get away with it with him. Now I know that this is what builds my capacity for mental and physical resilience. It's definitely a splinter for me. But you might love pushing past reps when you're tired while I dread it. Just like you might dread running up and down a mountain while I love it. We'll all be different here. So to review and conclude this week's episode on a deeper dive into building resiliency, I challenge you to look at what you're doing and see if you can identify where your splinters are. If you think you might be getting used to your workouts and that they bring you joy like they do for me, 
It's time to think hard about new ways you can build up your capacity for more resilience. Since we started this year with the goal to build a stronger, more resilient version of ourselves, the key to doing this is to build our immune system up by being able to better manage our stress levels. My hope for all of us is that we can face our challenges on a daily basis, that we push ourselves always to reach new heights that are greater than where we were yesterday. And I'll close out with a quote from Leanne Womack. I hope you never fear those mountains in the distance and never settle for the path of least resistance. Keep your eye on overcoming challenge and you'll become a stronger, more resilient version of yourself by the end of the year. See you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 